Well, things have happened again, and the Phillies are doing Philly things, and we are here to talk about it. Not really the best articulate start to this one. Hello, and welcome back to episode number four of season number two of It's Always Sunny in South Philadelphia. I'm your host, Riley Rich. The Phillies in the past week went to the Mile High City. They took on the Rockies, and they came home and faced the reigning NL Central champion, the Milwaukee Brewers. And they had a very interesting week. Again, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of controversy, everything that you would have wanted in a stress-filled Philly fan week. Uh, Before we begin, I wanted to mention... uh, yeah, I don't know if you can tell. Uh, this is the first night setup for me, but um, I, uh, I, this is a very stressful week for me. I mean, well, not really, but I have two episodes to record. I have this, and then if you do not know, the NFL draft is on Thursday. So I mean, only been going on for one year, but a tradition is that I do my seven round mock draft. So I still have to get on that. I'm working on it, and then I'll get you guys that, hopefully tomorrow, uh, you either get this tomorrow, or maybe something Thursday in the afternoon if you're lucky, probably expect it tomorrow, then Thursday nights, probably around 7, expect the NFL draft coverage, and I've seen a lot of crazy things in the news for the Eagles, so that might be fun to see me uh, crawl up into a little ball, but let's talk about a different interesting Phillies te- Philly team for a second. Uh, the baseball iteration is doing things. They ended the ended this week six and ten. Yes, six and ten. Sorry, uh, they ended this week six and ten. They played at Colorado. They played versus Milwaukee, and I find it ironic. We're gonna start last Monday. I find it ironic that the last time I was here, I was complaining. When the Phillies played the Marlins, that they left runners on and they couldn't cash them in. Well, the problem this time around was they couldn't get runners on base. As soon as I said that, Chad Cool with his sinker-slider combination went out through six innings and gave up three hits. And they could not get runners on. There's nothing they could do about it. They were just shut down in every way whatsoever. At least they didn't get shut out. That's the only thing you can say about the offense. Uh, it it kind of continued into Tuesday. They kind of picked it up a little bit, but it was one of those games. If you like, know the feeling of like a you know the feeling of like a game that you're out in front and you know that like it's great. Like you're not like really in a winning spot like this. But you know as soon as the other team takes the lead, you're not coming back. This was one of those games, especially as a Phillies fan. As soon as Crone hit, a ho- hit his home run, his three-run homer, the seventh, I mean, there was no coming back from that. They had a really good start. I mean, that's really the, been the theme of the week. No matter the outcome, they've had a really good start. They've had a really good first. They've had a really good second. They got the offense going early. But it just wasn't enough. It wasn't even like, is that like again? Last week they went like zero for nine with runners in scoring position. It's not like getting like that wasn't the problem this week. They went three for five with runners in scoring position. 
on Tuesday, the 19th. They just were too little too late. It just wasn't enough. But that didn't happen on Wednesday. Very, very thankful that things happened on Wednesday afternoon. I don't know why the Phillies have always like done better in day and game, it seems. Like, I talked about this last time, too, that the Phillies do that thing where they lose the first two games at night, and then as soon as there's a day game, they completely change everything about them, and they somehow become gods at the plate. That's exactly what happened. Um, three home runs. Like, you don't really see that often. I don't know if you guys saw the Schwarber two-run, sh- or the Schwarber second-deck shot. It was, like, near 470 feet. I mean, ball travels at Coors Field. This is what we needed the whole week. We got um, Alec Bowman, I think, joining on the action. Johan Camargo, too. I like Camargo. Camargo's homer showed me that things change because scoring runners in general was a problem last week. Scoring with runners on and two outs has been a different story. They have always struggled. Two-out home run from Johan Camargo. Put the team out in front. Camargo with three two-out RBIs. And another theme from the week was the bullpen. I know. they. We have talked about the bullpen and its struggles and the lack of the things needed to do to fix it. However, with the bullpen that we've had, it stood on its head. Alvarado and Canable last two innings shut it down. Canable got us to save Alvarado holding in the eighth. And it's really nice to see Alvarado bounce back. I mean, it's kind of a rough start. Alvarado is the heat-throwing reliever in the Phillies bullpen. And when he misses, which happens a lot when you have higher-velocity guys like Alvarado, they, they tend to be less controlled. And so stuff starts skipping in the dirt. And wild pitches seem to happen. It's like I'm talking about last week. It's more last week than this week. But so I see that Alvarado was a bit controlled for Wednesday's game. So overall, they went one and two against the Rockies. Props to the Rockies, actually. They went eight and eight and three. Eight. They were eight and four after the series. They were at the top of a stacked NL West, an NL West that they weren't chosen to win. It's kind of like the Giants last year. Nobody really. It's not that the Rockies are terrible, but it's the Rockies are definitely, are definitely not on the Dodgers echelon in anybody's mind. And when you have guys like C.J. Crone stepping up, Chris Bryant didn't play on Monday, but Chris Bryant was there. When you have Connor Joe doing things, I mean, I'm recording this on Tuesday the 26th. He hit a home run on the 25th that we'll talk about. When Chad Cool comes in and gives you a... Six innings, three hit action. This is what the Phillies need. I mean, I know we're a bit, we have a bit more money to throw around. That we're over the luxury tax. We have better players. However, this small team, this small ball identity, this low, low, like low budget identity, I'll call it. There's something about the Rockies and the Marlins that like screams like they. They don't have a high budget. They're obviously playing with low budget players, but there's something, there's the chemistry between the two teams, is something that really catches my eye, and I mean it's something 
that there's a different that is the difference between the Phillies and teams like the Rockies and Marlins who we're supposed to be beating, but we aren't. We aren't finishing the series against these lower teams. And if we expect to be good, we're expecting to make the playoffs this year. That's the goal. I mean, that's that's our expectation. If the, we don't make the playoffs this year, then we're really really stuck in the middle. We have we're seen to have no direction. The only way we can get to the playoffs is if we win series is like against the Rockies, like against the Marlins, like against the Nationals. We haven't played the Nationals yet, but once that time comes around, we need to start beating teams like that. Then we could get starting to talk about maybe taking down the Mets, maybe taking down the Braves. Get a few of those series wins, keep yourself in the mix for wild card, and take one of those final spots. But if you keep losing series to the Rockies and Marlins, how do you expect to make the playoffs? It's chemistry and it's consistency. There are nights where the offense doesn't show up at all. There are others like on Wednesday where they hit three home runs. There's, there needs to be a solid line. This team is built to score six runs or more. And if they don't, they won't succeed. And it was on full display in Colorado. Especially in the high altitudes. There's no, there's no exception. Exception. Then they came home and they played the Brewers. Now, the Phillies have played played really decently against the Brewers last year. In fact, if they made the playoffs, I wouldn't have minded them playing Milwaukee. I think we would have had a chance. But um, it it basically was the Mets series over again. First night was the the eighth inning success. Everybody got on. Everybody got a hit. Passed the baton. Station to station offense. We talked about this last year. Etc. Etc. It's the thing that every baseball player is taught. Everything that has gone through from little league to high school to college and through the minors and majors. Station to station offense. Getting runners on and driving them in. That's what a good team does. And that's what happened in the first game against the Brewers. They got runners on in the 8th. Then Alec Bohm and Johan Camargo stepped up, got him, got him in. And also, again, strong bullpen. Really carried us to the end. I mean, we had Knable throwing in there. Uh, James Norwood has been really well, really good this week, too. And I think the big thing for me, I mean, the title, no, but Ranger Suarez, you might have seen in the box score, like four and two-thirds. Ranger Suarez threw near 90 pitches. And it's something to think about because Ranger Ranger is not the guy when we think of eating innings. When we think of a guy that can go seven or eight innings, we think of Wheeler because Wheeler had the most innings pitched in the league last year. We think of that. Ranger Suarez came up through our system. He basically was a long reliever at be- in the first. He's kind of like a... What Christopher Sanchez and Bailey Falter are to us right now. But Suarez worked. He got in the rotation. He threw a complete game shutout last year. And now he's coming back. He had a bit of a... I mean, everybody had a bit of a short spring training, but Suarez had his visa denied. Couldn't really get the spring training action he wanted. He had a pitch count of like 60 in his first start of the year. Now he's up to 90. Ranger, I think on a good day, Ranger could get us like over six innings, maybe six and a third, six and two thirds, and that's something that we need out of him. We need that six, six or seven innings out of our starters. 
the bullpen success has been amazing. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying that the bullpen success is not sustainable. Like, yes, having guys like James Norwood and Andrew Bellotti come in and throw scoreless innings is great. That's something good. However, when we get into the dog days of summer, when we get into playing good teams, there will be teams with better relievers and teams with better offense and teams that can overcome adversity, unlike the Phillies, and teams that can take down our bullpen. It's not sustainable. We need the offense to come back. We need our pitchers to go six or seven innings. So if Ranger can get himself up to 90, maybe even like 95, 100, I think he's in a really good place to cement himself in this rotation. And especially if he had a season like he did last year, he's going to skyrocket. I mean, it's a bit different this year. The second, the guy who was second in Cy Young voting last year is technically in our five spot. But Ranger Suarez is a a real guy in our rotation. Sorry, that didn't really make any sense. But he's here to stay. And if he can throw 90 pitches and get outs, use a sinker well, that's a good sign for the future. Saturday, uh, Phillies took a tough loss. Uh, It was just one bad fifth inning. Again, it was just one bad fifth inning. They scored five runs in the fifth. But again, three runs in the first two innings, not too bad. And Zach Wheeler started the game, and although we lost, we saw a bit of a velocity decline in the first few starts, but it came back. It's very nice to know that Wheeler can throw his hard sinker hard again. It's back up to normal speed. It's back to the unhittable stuff that it was last year, hopefully. Um... Again, bullpen, Christopher Sanchez, Andrew Bellotti, Brad Hand, James Norwood. I mean, they gave up a combined two hits. Now, granted, Sanchez did give up that home run to Renfro. But, only combined two hits over four innings. This is the stuff we needed from our bullpen. I mean, we didn't go out and get the Kenley Jansons of the world. But if these guys can keep keep doing things like this where they have four four innings, maybe even give up three or four hits. That's a really good sign. That's a sign of a playoff caliber team. That's a sign that our pitching coaches and player developers actually know what they're doing. That's a really good sign. Seeing guys like Andrew Bellotti and James Norwood, who aren't really the the young, long relievers like Sanchez or Falter, but guys that can eat up an inning. Kind of like what Coonrod and Brogdon were last year. We have here with Bellotti and Andrew and Norwood. And it's been really, really fun to see them pitch too. Oh boy, then we get to Sunday Night Baseball. There's only one thing that people are going to remember about this game. That is the called strike three from Kyle Schwarber. Or on Kyle Schwarber from Angel Hernandez. I can't even defend Schwarber. I would like to say, like, yeah, Angel is terrible. Like, whatever. I I think a lot of people are going to say that. However, Josh Hader's on the mound. He throws hard fastballs and really good good deceiving sliders. Now, I get that the slider 
on two and two, and the fastball on full count were essentially in the same location called, and one of them was a ball and one of them was a strike. However, you can't, you have to take into account that the full count pitch was at 98. You have to take into account that catchers frame. There's a thing called framing for catchers, and Narvaez did a really pretty good job without making it look too suspicious. Like, if my hand, if my hand is the plate, sorry for making this awkward, and if this is where the pitch was, there's a very good chance that it could have crossed over right where my, like, two, like, my middle and my ring fingers are. It could have crossed there. And, I mean, yeah, I get it. Angel Hernandez has been making terrible calls all night. However, when you're down the bottom of the ninth, one to nothing, you need, and you have a full count, you need runners on, you need to protect. Again, something that has been passed down from coaches to players for generations through Little League, through high school. And it's also, I think too, even if Schwarber hit that pitch, even if it was called a ball, would the Phillies do anything with it? I know that's a very depressed way to look at it. That's one thing. Other thing is, that's an outside pitch. I mean, you might know where might not know where I'm going, but let me explain. Schwarber's a pull hitter. Lefties tend to pull the ball toward the right field side. Schwarber loves the inside pitch. He can turn on the inside pitch. He can turn on the high inside pitch. He showed that when he was with the Nationals. He showed that when he was with the Nationals last year and last summer and when he was the June NL Player of the Month. However... Schwarber's got, I'm, I'm sorry, but Schwarber's got to hit the outside pitch. He hasn't shown that at all this year. And he's also got to lay off the low, the low sliders in the dirt. But we'll talk about that later. Bryce has a bit of a problem with that, too. But, and it wasn't even about Schwarber, too. It wasn't even about that call. Angel Hernandez didn't make the Phillies go one for five with runners in scoring position. Angel Hernandez did not make the Phillies leave seven runners on base. Angel Hernandez did not make Hoskins, Harper, Bohm, and Camargo all have no hits combined. Now you might be asking why I put Bohm and Camargo here. Let me ask you this. Who else has been producing so far? I'll leave you with that. But It was truly a pitcher's game. It was a pitcher's duel all the way to the end. Brewers scored one in the ninth on a sack fly. Aaron Nola, absolutely spectacular. Seven innings, one hit, nine strikeouts. You can't do much better than that. You can't ask for more than that. Nola had a bit of a home run problem through spring training and through the start of the regular season. But it seemed like with this start that he's... This was a 2018-S start for Nola. And I'm hoping... We're hoping for more of that. Especially from the second pitch in the rotation on a playoff caliber team. We need to expect more from Nola, a bit from Gibson. Gibson's been doing really well. But those top three in the rotation, Wheeler, Nola, Gibson, we need things to happen from them. Suarez, we need him to hit 90. Eflin, don't suck. I'll, I'll think of something, but use the sinker and slider efficiently. I think that could go with most pitchers, the Philly staff. 
at least four of them, if not Nola. But so that leaves the Phillies with two and four this week. They are playing at home against the Rockies, and on the I don't want to. And they're playing the Mets as well. I I can't remember off the top of my head. Sorry, guys. I'm failing you. I'm failing you, but I'm sorry. Minor League Baseball. Let's go down on the farm for a second. It was a very good week for Minor League Baseball. We don't say that a lot with the Phillies organization. Let's start at the top like we always do. Triple-A Lehigh Valley. They went 4-2 against the Rochester Red Wings. They are the Nationals Triple-A affiliate. Story about this one was pitching. Jeff Swinger and Connor Brogdon were the, key, were the stars of this one. I have no idea why Brogdon is in the minors. He is backing up my point. So, guys, call up Brogdon. Maybe send down Bellotti or Norwood when you have the chance. I'm sorry, but it's got to happen. Brogdon's got to be up here. He showed it. I should also, I should also add that it's, it's pretty cool this year. Everybody was at home this week, and I'm pretty sure everybody's on the road next week. So It's always, it's always an interesting thing. Just a little note. Double A. Oh, this is really giving me uh, 2021 vibes. Double A won 1-5 against Harrisburg, and we're easily the worst of... Our teams, I'm sorry, but it's true. Like, there's nobody over in a 775 OPS, or nobody over an 800 OPS. Uh, Ohapi is the big star here in the AA system. I mean, he's working his way back up the OPS rankings. He's, he's over 700 now. Madison Stokes, for whatever reason, is listed at center field. He's obviously a first baseman. Stokes is up there, too. And Francisco Morales has had an amazing start. I believe he has a sub-one whip right now. It's a very amazing start for a prospect that we've been waiting on for quite some time. Kind of like the Jalen Ortiz of our of our pitching development. Hey, he's also in double-A. Then we get to Class A, and these guys did really well. A advance went 5-1 and one at home against Asheville. Also, I should say, Harrisburg is also the Nationals affiliate. Asheville, if I remember correctly, is... They were the Rockies affiliate. They might have switched to the Astros. I don't really remember off the top of my head. But they are a team. And uh, Jason Ruffcorn, I honestly haven't heard of you. But Jason Ruffcorn has a sub-1 whip. And has done amazing. And also, Mick Abel had his, easily his best start of his pro career. And has a 0.98 whip right now. So that's a very good thing coming from our number two prospect. And then we get to Class A, Clearwater. And they did it, ladies and gentlemen. For the first time this year, one of our minor league teams had a full-on sweep this week. The Clearwater Threshers, our Class A team, went 6-0 and against Tampa, the Yankees affiliate. Feels even better. Yadiel Sanchez leading the way in center field. Gunnar Meyer on the mound has a sub one whip. And then there's a guy named Andrew Painter. Our number one, number three prospect. And oh boy, Andrew Painter has been something special to start this year. So special, he deserves one of these. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew Painter, the number three prospect, is your Philly of the week. Primarily, well, he had a 14-strikeout game. And I just want to point to your attention. So far this year, 
18 innings pitched, 8 hits, 3 walks, 1 run, not earned, and 42 strikeouts. More than 2 strikeouts per inning. That is incredible. For a guy that was drafted out of high school and drafted out of Florida, honestly, I mean, I'll go into this right now. I like Painter better than Abel. I like the hard stuff. I like the Florida prospects. That might be my East Coast bias, but everybody has it. And Oregon's competition is the same as Florida competition, and Painter has risen to the occasion. Abel's been really, really good too. So hopefully Preston Mattingly can show us that he can develop them properly. But that is going to do it for episode number four. Uh, I mean, Philly's got the Rockies and the Mets this week. Rockies, I, I think I know, yeah. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. I don't really want to give away what happened so I can set up, set up episode number six. And I say six because episode number five will come out tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. It's a double upload week. We'll have the NFL draft, mock draft. Uh, hint, hint, I will be wearing. I will try to wear a blazer. I gotta make a makeshift, uh, makeshift podium. We'll see how that goes. But uh, thank you all for joining me uh, for episode number four. Uh, again, NFL draft should come tomorrow. I'm going to say expect episode number six to be next Tuesday as well. Uh, again, I have I have high school baseball that has some road games. That's why I couldn't get this to you on Monday. Um, but I should be able to get it to you next Tuesday for episode number six. That's when we'll talk about the Rockies and the Mets and do our Phillies coverage. Can't wait to do some Eagles coverage. It'll be nice breaking out the football jersey again. But, yeah, you guys are amazing. Keep doing what you do. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Follow wherever you listen, whether it be Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Casts, wherever you find me on the internet that I haven't really seen. But I thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, even though we can't beat the Rockies in a series right now, even though their bullpen isn't sustainable, even though we can't get runners on base against Chad Cool, even though it looks like we're going to draft Jameson Williams in the first round, which we'll talk about tomorrow. Just remember, and it's always sunny in South Philadelphia. Take care, everyone, and I will see you tomorrow.